this is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Cherie Smith, Chief Nursing Officer and Vice President of Patient Care Services at Ohio Health. Dr. Smith, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Now, I know we have a lot to talk about, and I'm excited to learn more about what you're doing at Ohio Health and, and really, you know, how you're improving patient care and, and services. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yes. Um, so I've been with Ohio Health for a little over a year and a half now. I specifically oversee Dublin Methodist and Grady Memorial Hospitals for the system. Been an RN for over 25 years now. I completed, I actually completed my BSN while on active duty with the United States Air Force, and I served proudly for about 24 years. Uh, in actuality, I've been in various leadership roles um, specific to nursing for over 35 years now. So at the core um, leadership, I am. That's fantastic. And what an amazing career and background, I'm sure that really, you know, helps you kind of in your day to day now. Um, I, I think, you know, when you look at where we're at right now in healthcare, there's a lot happening. Um, we've been through a lot over the last few years, especially the nurse staff and, and clinical specialists. So from your perspective, what are your top priorities right now? What are you really spending most of your time on? So typically when I'm asked the question about what are my top priorities or what keeps me up at night, it's definitely this environment where we have heightened concerns um, um, regarding um, workplace violence. Um, we actually have a system workplace violence team that is focused on the safety of our associates. And during the month of July, we've actually seen an increase in reporting incidences of workplace violence, particularly with patients and or families. These could from simple verbal type language to physical assault. So we are focused on making sure that we provide um, de-escalation and hands-on techniques and training, especially in our high-risk areas, such as the emergency department. This is where we're seeing most of these incidences occur, although we have seen these incidences also on our inpatient units. Um, in addition to utilizing tools um, to um, de-escalate and, and training techniques, we also um, want to utilize technology in order to escalate occurrences and to get help to the caregiver as quickly as possible. You will see throughout all of our Ohio Health um, campuses, uh, even in our outpatient physician clinics, our expectation of patient and um, visitor behavior posted throughout our facilities. Another thing that really, really doing is nursing resiliency. Um, I had a recent meeting with my nursing leaders between the two campuses and presented a recent survey by um, A&M Healthcare uh, this year that included responses of over 18,000 nurses nationwide dealing with the consequences of the pandemic and its effect on nursing and nurses. Um, satisfaction and quality of care um, provided declined 
increases in the number of nurses who reported feeling emotionally drained um, as well as their job affecting their health. So we think or we can see that that's so important in how our nurses are continuing to feel as they are trying to provide the care at the bedside. Um, our work in this space includes providing system support. We actually have a system team dedicated to well-being. Um, these will support our cases and their unexpected devastating occurrence. These individuals actually deploy to the locations of the occurrence to provide individual um, and group support across all shifts and, of course, ongoing support through our EAP programs. So, you know, the top priorities for me right now, as I've stated, um, just the safety of our associates and also our continued work in the area of nursing resiliency and well-being. Absolutely. That's, you know, definitely two very, very important areas. And I can imagine a lot of health systems across the country can really relate to um, your focus and drive on, on how to make sure that caregivers really um, are in a place where they can feel um, that they have the support that they need, especially bumping up on so many different challenges. You know, when you look at um, where we're, what you're doing today, is there anything that you're, you're really proud of or, or um, an area that you really feel like you've been successful with some of these efforts recently? Well, looking at Ohio Health and the, our campuses specifically, we really focus on bringing fun back into the um, work environment. Uh, I think fun activities, in addition to recognition of the work that our nurses do on a daily basis is so important. We have seen that bear out in our surveys um, that we provide um, to the associates regarding what they find to be very valuable to them and really recognition um, rises to the top. Another thing that rises to the top, Ohio Health has several um, hospitals that have magnet or pathways designation. It's important to us that we revitalize those nursing congresses at the campus levels because it's also important that nurses have a voice in um, their practice and decisions affecting their practice. Um, those are things that we um, put great emphasis on throughout the system and at the campus levels. That's great to hear. And, you know, looking ahead, how do you see Ohio Health evolving over the next two to three years? What do you see as continuing to, to grow and change, um, especially from the nursing workforce level? That um, is a very relevant um, question as we have just met with our CEO, Dr. Steve Markovich, and we've begun early conversations regarding what else but AI and healthcare. Um, although we're in early development, I believe that AI could prove to be essential in the care that we provide our patients. Um, we were actually provided a book by Dr. Markovich um, to all the senior leaders. It was a book entitled The AI Revolution in Medicine, GPT-4 and Beyond. And I've just started to read on um, this book. It's very easily um, digest digestible with a lot of great information, especially for those like me new to the topic. And so the greatest opportunity in healthcare currently could be in the area of generative AI, as I understand. Generative AI could be used by physicians and nurses to redefine their work in, with three important considerations. Number one is what are the activities that only the healthcare provider can perform? 
and two, are what are activities that can be performed by the caregiver in addition to AI as a supplement? And what are those activities that AI can perform alone without caregiver interaction? And so a lot of us throughout the nation, as I converse with my CNO colleagues, we of course are looking at virtual nursing in different ways. However, um, while virtual nursing may provide some of the relief of the burden that the nurses feel at the bedside, the real time saver may come with a generative AI component um, with performing things like the admission and discharge process without even having a nurse's um, nursing involved. It could also be used to answer simple questions at the bedside. Um, we are, um, fortunately or unfortunately, our uh, nursing um, component and staffing has changed very drastically since COVID. We are experiencing um, in healthcare, uh, our experience in nursing um, at the bedside has definitely decreased. Um, we are seeing that a great deal of our nurses at the bedside have three to five years experience. And um, in a lot of instances, our um, experiences, experiences uh, mostly extend to the day shift hours and not the night shift hours. AI could be a very important component in helping ex inexperienced nurses with having resources and tools at the bedside. Additionally, um, ambient voice generative AI could be a real time saver for nurses. Um, AI could follow the discussion of the patient and the caregiver, the nurse or the physician, and actually document to the chart um, accordingly. So um, it could be a conversation that the nurse is having while she's doing her physical assessment or while having um, that um, informative conversation with the patient. And while that conversation is occurring, AI could actively document saving time. You know, today the nurses go in, they do their assessments, um, and afterwards or during the conversation, they're trying to document at the same time. While doing that, you know, you're paying a lot of attention to the computer and not necessarily to the patient. And um, this could bring that conversation and attention back to the patient and help with that relationship. So um, in actuality, the AI could provide consistent, accurate, and efficient care, um, three vital outcomes where AI could be most effective. This could mainly decrease the burden that the nurses are feeling and could essentially help with what we, um, what I discussed earlier is that problem uh, or the challenge of nursing resiliency and helping nurses really regain the joy of nursing. That's amazing to hear. And, and certainly, you know, I, I love all the different approaches you had to incorporating AI and generative AI um, into support the caregivers and the nurses within the organization. Um, it, it seems like, you know, definitely there's a lot of um, different opinions about AI and healthcare out there. And, um, you know, it sounds like you've taken a very practical approach and, and um, would be, you know, will be really interesting to see how um, the technology is actually able to then support caregivers um, and make healthcare better and, and the experience easier. Yes, I'm truly excited about the evolution of, of healthcare in this area. I, I just think that although there may be a lot of concerns regarding AI, we have an um, aging population, of course, that we're seeing in our hospitals. One of the concerns I have is, is how the aging population will accept some of those components of AI. 
um, I do believe with um, one of the the uh, benefits, if there are any that came out of the pandemic, is the utilization of things like FaceTime and Zoom and all those things. And even people in our, our um, older generations, you know, um, had to use that. And so they have become familiar with this technology should help with making our evolution and transition to AI maybe a little bit easier um, than um, we all project. Absolutely, that's such a great point. And, you know, I wanted to ask really quickly before we wrap up here as well, um, could you tell us about one uh, project or initiative or one thing that you've your team has done over the last year or so that's really yielded some great results? Speaking for our Ohio health team overall, we are, have just begun our journey as a high reliability organization. Um, this is a phased approach we'll, which will um, begin with universal skills. Actually, all of our leaders have attended this universal skills training, and it will extend all the way to all of our associates getting that baseline universal skill, skills training. One of the things that had yield, has already yielded significant results for our organization is the tiered um, safety huddles. Now, we've done tiered safety huddles in various ways throughout the organization, um, and nursing, nursing is very, very familiar with huddles. We do it all the time. However, you know, there are other departments that really aren't as familiar with doing these daily safety huddles. Um, what we have um, started in our organization um, are five daily tiered safety huddles, and there are various people who attend the different safety huddles. Tier number one starts at the unit level, and it's a conversation about what, um, what in the um, area of quality and safety or concerns happened in the last 24 hours, what do we see may impact us in the next um, 24 hours going forward, and really a conversation about um, what could be those things that could hamper our ability to provide safe, um, effective care. Tier two um, is a huddle that includes all of the campus leaders from the different um, units around the hospital with that same conversation. Tier three um, happens with the campus executive team. Um, and then tier four extends to our central market president um, team where he will get information that, that needs to be escalated to that level. And every day tier five um, issues or challenges or things that need to be attended to um, gets to our, our CEO of Ohio Health. So these conversations are happening daily, and I believe, um, and with each system, when you have a system of hospitals, there's sometimes inconsistent communication. There are things that are happening at one campus that another campus in the past may not have been aware of. This has really um, opened our eyes and really created an avenue of communication and our ability to problem solve as a system as opposed to um, fragmented problem solving that was occurring prior to our tiered safety huddles. That's fascinating to hear and definitely sounds like, you know, the ability to take a look back and then look ahead as well, you know, just on a, a short time frame and communicate that, as you mentioned, between the different teams, um, I, I can imagine just makes things so much more smooth, go so much more smoothly. Absolutely. And our teams appreciate it also. One of the things that we 
are really focused on and intent on is once we escalate concerns, we close the loop with them um, regarding the concerns that they escalated. So, you know, very quickly on, they notice that, you know, we're not only just listening to what they bring forward, we are focused on ensuring that we get some resolution to that concern as quickly as possible. Well, that's great to hear. Dr. Smith, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been such an interesting conversation. Um, you know, I really appreciate you talking through some of the different initiatives and very insightful and informative. Um, I appreciate your time today and look forward to connecting with you again soon. All right. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.